Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. He was slipping away. Nature's deadliest organisms. It was inside my lung. It was feeding off of me. They hijack our bodies. What in the heck is going on? Disable our immune systems. This burns through the flesh. And eat us from within. Reality just hit us like a train. For those infected, they are the monsters inside me. Leslie and Adam McNutt live in Decatur, Alabama. Adam is a very caring person. He loves to help others. He's my best friend. He can be just a very gentle person, and there's just a lot to love about him. <laughs> Leslie's taught me how to live. She's taught me why to live. She's full of joy. Uh, anyone who's around her just senses this spirit of love and joy and peace. Adam works for a nonprofit Christian ministry while Leslie stays home to care for their 11-month-old son, Gabriel. He was a very happy baby, always smiling, and he was just the light of our life, you know, at that time. Being a father is the best thing that's ever happened to me. He's a blessing to everyone who encounters him. Gabriel. Hi, gorgeous boy. Faith plays a key part in their relationship. God is number one in our lives, in our marriage. I think it's what keeps us together. The love of Christ is what motivates us, and that trickles down in every area of our life. It's a weekday afternoon in April. Leslie is at home looking after Gabriel. I heard the alert go off on my phone that I had a text message, and I answered my text message. And soon after that, uh, Gabriel started gagging and choking on something. And I picked him up, and I pat him on the back, looked in his mouth, I didn't see anything. And I just thought he picked up food or something off the floor. I wasn't concerned or anything, I assumed he was okay. But a few minutes later, Leslie observes something else. I noticed that he was kind of making like a wheezing noise every time he breathed. 
he was just, <gasps> I was thinking he must be coming down with a virus or something. And uh, the next thing I know, he starts vomiting. And then he vomited again and again and again. I was just having to get towel after towel. He just wanted to lay on me. Then I started really getting concerned. Leslie calls Adam. I could hear in her voice that something was not right. I was anxious, so I left my work, stopped by the store and got some medicine for Gabriel. 30 minutes later, Adam gets home. Looking at Gabriel for the first time, I see uh, he's very pale. His eyes are glazed over. I pick Gabriel up, and uh, then I notice that it's just dead weight. He's just not able to move. My heart just sank. As a mother, you want to be there for him. You want to take the pain away. Leslie said, something's not right. We need to go to the hospital. They rush to the ER. There, they wait to see a doctor. We're sitting in this room. Gabriel starts coughing up and and spits up uh, this black tissue-like substance. And he started just choking and aspirating on it. My heart just sank because I knew then that something was really wrong. Finally, an on-call doctor arrives and examines Gabriel. The doctor believes that Gabriel has a virus and nothing more than a virus. But the signs that Gabriel had been showing did not line up with what we had known to be a stomach virus in the past. So we encouraged her to do an x-ray and we were very adamant in our encouraging because we were not going to leave that hospital until an x-ray was done. Doctors take Gabriel in for an x-ray. Looking over the results is pediatric surgeon, Dr. Mark Wolkon. On our x-ray, we saw a disc-shaped object that it was uh, in his esophagus. The most common disc we see in the esophagus of children are coins, oftentimes pennies. But in this case, uh, you can, if you look at the x-ray, you can almost see a double halo. Gabriel swallowed a button battery. This was something that I had not been prepared to encounter. Inside Gabriel's body, the button battery is lodged in his esophagus. There, bodily fluids interact with the battery, generating an electrical current and causing a chemical reaction, which results in his vomiting, wheezing, and body limpness. I didn't realize just how much damage a small battery could do to your body. That was difficult for a father of only 11 months to take in. When a button battery gets lodged in the esophagus, an electrical current can form, generating poisonous chemicals which burn through flesh, leading to abscesses, septic shock, and even death. Doctors and nurses were coming out of everywhere. And it was extremely hard at this point. This could be the last time that we see our child. This, this could be the end of it. To save Gabriel's life, doctors rush him into surgery. Gabriel had an endoscopic removal of the button battery. It's basically a big, long, hollow tube that's solid that we place through the mouth into the throat, and then we have a little grasper. So we went and grabbed the button battery and pulled it out. But there's a problem. And the doctors step off of the elevator. And I can remember it vividly today as I could then, 
uh, I see how they're walking and their heads are down. They come in and there's no hope in their eyes. They sit down with us and they tell us that um, he had complications. 11-month-old Gabriel McNutt has just undergone surgery to remove a button battery from his throat. What we found was that there was a burn that went all the way through the esophagus into the trachea. The hole inside Gabriel's throat is allowing fluid to pass into his lungs, leading to respiratory difficulty, choking, and pneumonia. That's when reality just uh, hit us like a train. I thought, oh no, I could possibly lose my little baby. We were very concerned about Gabriel. He was drowning in his secretions and saliva, and that can be catastrophic. Dr. Wolkon gives Gabriel a course of powerful antibiotics and puts him on a ventilator. He was slipping away. It was just one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever seen because there was nothing I could do, you know, as a mother really to help him. Our son has tubes and wires hooked up all over him. He has a ventilator pumping oxygen into him and he's lifeless. And to think that um, he may not walk out of here, he may be rolled out of here, that, that was hard. Gabriel fights for his life while Adam and Leslie keep a bedside vigil. I know sometimes bad things happen in our lives, but it's in those darkest moments where we need to shout the loudest and give God the most praise. And she looks at me and she says, now Adam, if God decides to take him, he can take him. But we're gonna trust in him and we're gonna continue to serve him. Here's the woman who gave birth to him, who's been with him 24 hours a day since he was born. And she has the strength to say those words, knowing that that's where she was as a mother, as a Christian, as a wife. It was the peace that I needed. She was able to give him up if this was indeed the, the right time. Dr. Wilcon performs another operation to close the gap between his esophagus and trachea. Then, four days later, doctors notice a significant change in Gabriel. He seemed to turn the corner and was starting to get better. At this point, we were able to bring the support from the ventilator down to the point that we could get the breathing tube out. He was able to breathe on his own. That was a huge milestone for us. There's now hope. We now see a lot at the end of the tunnel. We couldn't have been happier, you know, with life. <laughs> Babies are naturally curious about the world around them, leading them to constantly explore their environments. Part of their exploration involves using their most highly developed sensory nerves, which are located in their mouths. So when a baby puts an object like a button battery in his or her mouth, it's not necessarily to eat it, but to understand it. Back at home, Leslie makes a discovery. I just happened to walk into the living room and I saw that the remote and the back of the remote were laying in the floor. And so I was gonna put the back back on and I noticed there's no battery in the remote. And that's when it dawned on me. He'd been right there at my feet and I never saw him, you know, pick up the remote and swallow the battery. Gabriel spends two more months in the hospital before Adam and Leslie bring him home. Today, five years later, Gabriel has made a full recovery. Gabriel's been a happy little boy ever since. Gabriel walks, runs, 
talks, learns, just like any other child. You would never know that he went through what he went through. Gabriel is 100% now. Going through this journey with Gabriel, it just grew us as a family and it grew us closer to God. You can't celebrate anything more than life itself. Every year in the U.S., there are more than 3,500 cases of button batteries being swallowed. The majority of cases involve children under six years of age. To prevent children from swallowing button batteries, parents and caregivers should make sure that battery compartments are properly secured at all times. For devices that don't require tools to open the battery compartments, it's recommended to use duct tape. I was completely shocked. Something was living inside of me. Rochelle and Chris Motzinger live in St. Joseph, Missouri. We started going out when we were in junior high. We grew up with each other and went from there. So we've known each other our entire lives. Chris is a landscape designer and Rochelle is a nurse practitioner. Chris is very fun-loving. He'll do lots of things for a laugh, including dares and double dares. <laughs> I'm kind of off the wall a little bit. You know, I'm kind of a jokester. But Rochelle, she's a very precise, organized person. He's the one that I'm constantly chasing and trying to rein back in. It's fall, and Chris is playing basketball. I've been playing basketball for like my entire life. Me and some friends were just running up and down the court. That's where I began to feel cramps and sharp pains in my side that I wasn't used to feeling. I continued playing and I was like, okay, this will go away. It's a little different than normal. I thought maybe it was something I ate, you know, it was just no big deal. So I just kind of blew it off. A few hours later, he returns home. I came out on the couch and relaxed and I noticed that there was like a bubbling sensation in the back of my shoulder blade. And it was like a gurgling sound. I feel like I could almost hear it when I moved in a certain way. My initial thought was like, well, there's like a hole in my lung. There's, a, there's air escaping and just running around loose in me. Or, or, you know, my mind was just racing kind of what it was. And I just wanted to put a prognosis on it and try to just move on. So he tells his wife, Rochelle, who is a nurse, about his symptoms. We were laying in bed, and he was describing to me the symptoms he was feeling. It was very bizarre. I had never heard of any symptoms like that. He pointed to the exact spot that he was feeling the bubbling sensation, and he asked me to feel it too. I got up out of bed and grabbed my stethoscope. I listened to his heart and lungs, and I pushed around on his chest and abdomen, and I couldn't find anything at all that was abnormal. I had no idea what it could be. I told him he probably should see his doctor. A week later, Chris visits his primary care physician. I went to the doctor's office and I tried to be as detailed as possible about the bubbles and then the, the sharp cramps that I was getting. Their first idea was that it was gastritis. Gastritis is an inflammation of the lining of the stomach. It can be caused by a bacterial infection or by overuse of painkillers, such as aspirin or ibuprofen. I felt a little bit of relief. I had an answer, finally. The doctor had me take antacids to counteract what was happening with the gastritis. 
Chris takes the medications, but his mysterious cramps linger. A few months later, Chris is at work. I was making some repairs on that table, and that's when I coughed up bloody sputum. <coughs> it had a big, hard, circular, brown glob. Almost looked like a blood clot. It was just a solid mass in a pile of spit. Almost like a fried egg with yellow and with a red dot in the middle. For months, Chris Motzinger has suffered bizarre abdominal pain and has just coughed up a globule of bloody sputum. When I first saw it, I blew it off. I just thought my nose was dry or, and I was just getting a little bit of bleeding. I just spit it up and that was that. Chris ignores it and goes back to work. But he continues to cough up bloody phlegm for two weeks. I decided to talk to Rochelle about it. We were walking down the street one day and I had gotten one coughed up and it felt like a pretty good one. So I spit it out on the ground. I said, hey, Rochelle, take a look at that. It wasn't very good manners, I guess. <laughs> Sputum is gross to me, so I didn't want to take a look. I just figured he was giving me a hard time, and I told him not to embarrass me. <laughs> I said, all right, fine. We just kept on going. But I started to worry. It felt like I was going crazy because uh, things just weren't getting better. But Chris is determined to show the sputum to Rochelle. One day I was at work. I decided to collect my loogies throughout the day. So I had a cup and I was spitting them in it. I was just going to compile it and give it to my wife and show her what was going on. There's no hiding from that. She was going to have to see what was in that cup. Later that day, Chris is at home when Rochelle returns. I came home from work and Chris was watching television and he told me that he had something for me to see. He showed me the cup, which was a collection of sputum. It was just gross. Finally, the nurse practitioner took over and she looked at it and kind of analyzed it. It was both bright red and dark in color with sediment and chunks. At this point, I was scared. It was the first time that I knew something was really going on that was pretty significant. I told him he really needed to go back to the doctor as soon as possible. The next day, Rochelle brings him to her own hospital. There, she starts her shift on another floor while the doctor takes a CAT scan of his lungs. I met in his office to look at the scan, and what he showed me was a small, solid mass. And my whole upper part of my left lung looked like it had a spider web in it, and the doctor didn't know what it was. At that point, it started to get pretty scary. Chris immediately calls Rochelle. I could tell by the tone of his voice on the phone that he was concerned. I instantly went to the viewing station to review the CAT scan. It was strange to be looking at my husband's scan and dissecting it like you would someone that was your patient. It was really scary. Infectious disease specialist Dr. Scott Falk also reviews the scan. The CAT scan showed a 1.4 by 1.2 centimeter nodule in the lower portion of his left lung. Chris had an accumulation of fluid in the base of the left side of his chest. And the fluid probably accounted for Chris's coughing up blood for several months. It was a shock. He told me I basically had one lung functioning correctly. I don't know how long that lung's been shut down or you know how close we are to the, my other lung shutting down. 
It was the first time that we were both pretty afraid. To find out what's causing the mysterious mass and the buildup of fluid, doctors take Chris into the OR. The lung doctor was able to extract some of the lung fluid for testing. The hope was that analysis of the fluid obtained would shed some light on the causes of Chris's symptoms. Doctors complete the procedure and wheel Chris into recovery. In the lab, doctors find something unusual in the sample. It was carefully examined under a microscope. Analysis of that fluid showed the presence of an egg. Something was living inside of me. It was feeding off of me. deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Doctors have just discovered microscopic eggs inside Chris Motzinger's lungs, leading them to a stunning diagnosis. Chris had a parasitic infection known as Paragonimus calicati. I had never heard of that parasite before. I was completely shocked. Paragonimus calicati is a parasitic flatworm, also known as the lung fluke. Inside Chris's body, the flukes burrow into his lung tissue. There, they feed and reproduce, laying countless eggs. This triggers an immune response, leading to his chest pain, bloody phlegm, 
and fluid buildup. There was definitely an ick factor. It was inside my lung, tearing it to pieces. I did not know what was yet to come. Paragonimus calicati parasites can live in the human body for up to 20 years. The presence of the flukes can be difficult to detect because the symptoms caused by the infection develop slowly over a long period of time. But as the colonies grow, the parasites can migrate into the central nervous system, causing bleeding in the brain, seizures, and even death. Chris had had this infection for at least a few months, and the infection was progressing and getting worse. These infections potentially can be fatal. It made its home in me and planned on living there until its host, me, shut down. It was kind of scary. To save Chris's life, doctors must remove the parasitic mass in his lung. Chris's surgery involved making an incision on the left side of his chest wall, spreading the ribs apart, and then removing that segment of lung that had been infected and scarred by the worm infection. Doctors complete the procedure and at last have good news. When Chris's lung tissue was examined, fortunately there was no evidence of any more paragonimus. It was like a huge weight off my shoulders. It was a relief to finally be through the process. Doctors discharge Chris from the hospital, and he makes a full recovery. The life cycle of the Paragonimus calicati parasite begins inside the human lungs, where they reproduce and lay eggs. When the host coughs, the parasite's eggs move up the windpipe and are swallowed down into the digestive tract. Through the host's feces, they enter freshwater environments. There, they hatch, and attach themselves to shellfish, such as crab and crayfish. The lung fluke's life cycle continues when a human or another mammal eats an infected shellfish that is undercooked or raw. Chris believes he got the infection a year earlier while canoeing down the Missouri River. We went on an annual float trip, ended up catching a small crawfish, and I was just being a goofball, having fun with my buddies. So I pulled off the pinchers and chewed it up and down with crawfish. The fact that Chris had eaten a raw crawfish was somewhat embarrassing, but that was pretty par for the course for Chris. Looking back now, it's a bad decision. Never knew eating that crawfish would be such a big part of my life. Today, six years later, Chris is leading a normal life and has become a father. But Chris's encounter with the lung fluke has provided the whole family with an important lesson. Chris has never eaten another raw crawfish. I have never eaten one since, raw or cooked, and, and I never will. And I'll never eat anything ever raw again uh, for the rest of my life, just to be sure. According to the CDC, to avoid becoming infected with paragonimus and similar fluke parasites, freshwater crustaceans should be cooked to at least 145 degrees Fahrenheit or 63 degrees Celsius until the flesh is pearly white. And never eat raw crabs or crayfish. It's absolutely horrifying. I was going blind. 
Diane Lewis lives in the Gulf Coast city of Galveston, Texas. I've just always been independent. And I've always interacted with animals my entire life. I have a little bitty tiny playful kitten that I really love. She works as a lifeguard, but moonlights as a boxer. I'm very competitive, so boxing kind of fits right in. Her boxing trainer and boyfriend is Pete Alcazar. Since we were in a relationship, I want her to be really good. It was different to let somebody into my life like that, but we're pretty fond of each other. Living close by is her mother, Sammy Lewis. Diane is such a wonderful person, but she's bullheaded, she's strong. When she puts her mind to something, she does it. Independence defines me. I've done everything on my own, and I've kind of liked it that way. It's early June, and Diane is at home. I woke up one morning before work, and the first thing I noticed was that I had a little bit of a stiff neck and a mild headache. Kind of just felt like maybe I was a little sore from training too hard the day before. I don't ever get sick, ever. So I assumed whatever was going on, my body could take care of. In spite of this, Diane checks in with her boyfriend, Pete. I was just kind of mentioning to him that I was feeling ill. I was concerned, and I told her she needed to go to the doctor. He didn't think I should have been going to work, but I just didn't ever call in sick. I continued on to work that day like it was any other day. Diane arrives at the beach, and for a few hours, she endures her stiff neck and headache. I started my patrol shift, and my headache was starting to become pretty unbearable. And my neck was so stiff, it was hard to turn my neck. So at this point, I did start getting concerned. If I was unable to rescue somebody because I'm feeling so sick, that would be devastating. So that's kind of when I knew I had to go home. Diane leaves work early and stops at the pharmacy to pick up a thermometer. I actually took my temperature in the parking lot. The thermometer read 105. A sustained temperature of 105 is considered to be a life-threatening medical emergency. It was slightly alarming. I actually started thinking, well, maybe I'm getting really sick. When Diane gets home, she staggers into the bedroom. I felt extremely weak. Just lifting my arms was difficult. My whole body just hurt. That afternoon, Diane's mother, Sammy, happens to call. She said that she was running a high fever. I was worried about that because she never gets sick. I suggested that she go see a doctor, but Diane is a very independent child, and she refused. I'm a pretty stubborn person, so it's hard to get me to do something that I don't want to do. After a couple days rest, Diane's fever finally breaks. I 
had a lingering headache, but it was getting better and better. And I seemed to be back to 100%. A few weeks later, Diane is at home when something strange happens. I was sitting at my computer at home. As I was typing, I couldn't see the letters on the keys. And then I started looking around and I realized that it was something in my vision. This isn't okay at all. I had this hole in my vision, this blank spot where there was nothing. I assumed it was just an ocular migraine. Ocular migraines can often cause temporary blind spots, but typically resolve in less than an hour. I thought I'll just go to bed and surely if, when I wake up in the morning, it'll be gone. Diane turns in for the night. When I closed my eyes, it wasn't just black. I saw lights and colors in both of my eyes with my eyes closed. That actually made me feel very scared. Diane Lewis's eyesight has gone haywire. She's experiencing blind spots and weird color patterns. Concerned, she calls her boyfriend, Pete. Now there's something seriously going on. It was pretty scary. I told her I was coming over to be there, and she told me not to come by there. Pete became more and more concerned about me and was very frustrated with me. But Pete refuses to take no for an answer and insists that Diane go to the ER. When they arrive, the on-call doctor reviews her case. He did a visual field test and he took some scans of the lining of my eyes. He said I had swelling in my optic nerve. The optic nerve transmits visual information from the back of the eye to the brain. I was really frightened. But more frightening is what doctors believe to be the cause. The doctor mentioned that uh, there's a possibility there could be meningitis. Meningitis is a serious infection that affects the membranes surrounding the spinal cord and brain. Why was this happening? I felt pretty scared for her. I was regretting that I wasn't able to convince her to go to the doctor earlier. I called Diane's mom and asked her to come to the hospital. Asking for help is one of the things I struggle with the most. And I probably wouldn't have asked her to come up there, but I'm, I'm glad that, that Pete made the call. Sammy rushes to the ER. I was very worried because for Diane to go to the hospital, you would think it's something absolutely horrifying. What in the heck is going on? To check for any infections, doctors perform a spinal tap. The doctor made me leave the room, which really got me upset. The pain was so intense, I thought I was going to pass out. Doctors send the fluids off to the lab, but the tests come back negative for meningitis. So, under the doctor's orders, the medical team discharge her. So, Diane and I kind of looked at each other, and we were like, well, 
did he say anything else? They couldn't tell me why it happened. They couldn't tell me if it was going to get better, if it was going to get worse. The visual impairments hadn't gone away, and I had no answers for it. I was very frustrated. It was pretty devastating. For a month, Diane Lewis has been suffering from bizarre vision problems and severe headaches. Unable to diagnose her condition, doctors have sent her home from the hospital. I broke down and I cried. That was the turning point for me. I decided that I couldn't just leave it at that. I had to do something. So I started looking for a specialist. A few days later, they meet with neuro-ophthalmologist Dr. Larry Brenner. Diane Lewis came to my office, and seeing an optic nerve that's inflamed is of major concern. But it's also a significant clue. He looked at me and he said, do you have a cat? I really didn't know where he was going with it. But I told him that, yeah, I had a kitten that I had found a few months earlier. The diagnosis in Miss Lewis was most assuredly cat scratch fever. I knew Ted Nugent sang the song Cat Scratch Fever, so I didn't believe it was real. I thought he was joking. I actually thought it was kind of crazy. Cat scratch fever is caused by the bacteria Bartonella hensley. Inside Diane's body, the Bartonella bacteria travel through her bloodstream, eventually settling in her optic nerve. As the immune system responds, the infected regions become inflamed, leading to Diane's high fever, swollen optic nerve, and vision problems. Miss Lewis had pretty significant disease, about as bad as I've seen in many, many years. I was very concerned and afraid. Once you explain it, I realized how serious it was. Cats contract the Bartonella-Hensley infection from the excrement of infected fleas. Flea feces often gets under a cat's claws when they groom. Because of this, Bartonella typically enter human hosts through a scratch. Hence the name, cat scratch fever. In 10% of cases, the bacteria can infect the optic nerve, leading to vision defects and even blindness. I never thought that getting scratched by a little tiny kitten could cause something like this. There was a great deal of stake. Her vision loss was gradually getting worse and worse. I was in danger of going blind. I've just always been pretty independent with my work as a lifeguard, with my boxing. Everything that I do required me to have not just vision, but good vision. And if I couldn't do any of those things, it would destroy me. Dr. Brenner treats the infection with a combination of antibiotics and steroids. And for a month, she endures the rigorous treatment. Pete was there for me, and he was prepared to do what he needed to do to help me through it. My mother, she never left my side. A month after the diagnosis, Diane has a checkup with Dr. Brenner. We saw her stabilize within three or four weeks. 
It was a wonderful feeling for our team because we were worried about her. Getting a treatment for the symptoms has given me my life back. But Diane is not totally unscathed. The bacteria have left her partially blind in her left eye. The change in vision was difficult to get used to, but I've acclimated myself to it. You wouldn't know that she couldn't see out of half of her eye. You would think she's just a normal person. The incident has also prompted Diane to make some other changes in her life. I work at a vet clinic now, and I'm applying for vet school, so I don't think it's hindered anything. That's her purpose in life, to be a large animal vet, and that's what she's going to be. Never felt like I needed anybody with me, but that was a time in my life where I did feel like I needed somebody there all the time. Going through this experience with Pete and my mother has actually brought us closer. As for her pet cat... I don't blame the cat for anything, but I also don't want any repeats. I actually asked Pete to take the cat, and he got very attached to the cat and couldn't let it go. Although symptoms are rare in pets, prescription antibiotics are the best way to treat the Bartonella infection in animals. 24,000 human infections of cat scratch fever occur in the U.S. each year. Though in most cases, the symptoms are mild and don't require treatment. Those at greatest risk of infection are cat owners and people who work around cats. The CDC recommends that cat owners use a flea medication as a way of preventing the transmission of the Bartonella-Hensley bacteria. deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, It's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.